everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Fika with Funny. It is Saturday the 18th of July today and I have two very special guests with me, my mom Milu and my sister Julia. The reason why I've invited them on is because I think it is important to view our health as something bigger than just ourselves. If we're looking to be healthy, we also need to look at aspects of keeping our earth healthy. In recent conversation with my good friend Nicole from Melbourne, she said something really interesting. And she, just like myself, work as a personal trainer. And what she said was that she feels like her job is to help people to train in a sustainable way and that she's teaching humans to be sustainable with their physical body. And I had to look up the word sustainability to make sure that I knew what it meant. And one definition that I came across was sustainability is avoidance of depletion of natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance. So the first bit, avoidance of depletion of natural resources, is something that we're going to dig deeper into in today's podcast. Because just as Nicole was referring to learning how to avoid depleting ourselves from natural resources in our physical body, we also need to look after our earth and its natural resources so that we can continue to thrive and be healthy on this planet earth. So since both my mom and my sister have extensive knowledge in the textile industry, and it's also a massive interest of mine, this podcast is going to be focused on sustainability with a focus on textile, but I'm sure we'll get into some other handicraft things as well. So without further ado, Milo and Julia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with mum. Can you briefly explain what you have studied in the textile business and also what you do for a living today? Yeah, I have two periods I like to talk about so far in my life. And uh, the first period, I uh, went on the handicraft school, textile focus. Uh, at that time it was two years and that changed so it's three years now after that I went to um, work in the textile industry in Sweden at two different uh, factories then I had a period of uh, starting a family and uh, then I had different types of jobs so the second period uh, that's the, the period that I'm in now I've worked as a teacher in primary school teaching textile handcraft since 2012 and parallel with that I um, studied to become a teacher and I finished my studies uh, at the university in June 2017. So for the last few years you have basically studied textile? to become a teacher at the same time as you have been working in school, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did that for five years. Yeah. Parallel. And now you've graduated and you are working full time as a teacher in textile. Yes, I do. And I've done that since 2017. Yeah. 
that's right. Cool. What about you, Julia? What is your background in textile? Well, first and for all, I think my interest started as uh, a very young child when I uh, played a lot with uh, mom's different fabrics uh, in a small room in the house that we lived in. Uh, I just loved it because they could be uh, anything, those small fabrics, um, scraps of fabrics. They could be friends or my work of art or maybe my designer clothes or simply just my couch. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And well, after that, I, I've been uh, doing a lot of handicrafts uh, related to textiles uh, during my whole life knitting and sewing and stuff like that and I've also uh, studied uh, at the university to become a textile engineer. At the moment I'm working at a company called Segos Fabrico. Uh, we produce and develop workwear uh, related to the kitchens and like hotels and stuff and also the healthcare sector and the thing that I'm doing at the company is uh, product development and handling um, environmental concerns and the quality of the garments. Cool and I, um, I remember before the work that you have now you worked with um, heavy blankets yeah <laughs> can you just right. tell us a little bit about that because that's quite an interesting thing as well what were you doing uh, in that job well that is uh, like a medical device that you can get if you have troubles with sleeping at that job as well I was uh, doing product development it was very uh, rewarding job for me because uh, yeah you really help people uh, with their health and uh, it's not for everyone but it it can really help people with uh, just having weighted products you can have like vests and collars and stuff as well but uh, the main thing is uh, heavy blankets and uh, yeah it, it's really cool products actually mm, I um when I've had a sleepover at your place I've tried some of the uh, the heavy blankets and they're really interesting actually at first I thought that they would be annoying to have on and just like heavy and uncomfortable but they really provided some kind of sense of like security and safety and I know that having something on me when I sleep is something that I really want mm -hmm. and having it being actually fairly heavy was a very interesting experience I have to say yeah, I yeah. like it as well a lot. Mm. It's like you uh, reduce the different uh, amount or a, a lot of uh, or the high amount of uh, uh, input, like mm. stimulus and stuff like that. Exactly, Is that what you're talking about? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting. So you reduce a lot of uh, like the inputs, and it's like you your um, room is a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. Cocooning. <laughs> ah, cocooning. Yeah. Have you tried the weighted blankets when you've stayed over at Julia's place? Yeah, I just had it on me. I didn't have it when I slept, but mm. I had it on me, and it's a nice feeling. Mm. It's a really nice feeling. Mm. I say that. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Mm. Well, we are going to dig deeper into the handicraft business today, or industry, I should say. And so I thought maybe we could start off by talking a little bit about the wasteful activities and what you think that some of these are and tend to be in the textile and the handicraft industry. So, um, you know, let us include weaving, knitting, sewing, crocheting, shoe and bag making, different fabrics, uh, if they are more or less good uh, and what we need to take into consideration there. Everything and anything that is related to fabrics and textiles and I understand this is a massive question, but I want to sort of open the um, conversation to include any and all of these different things that you would like to talk about. Um, maybe mom wants to get started. Yeah, thank you. Well, the most wasteful it is. As a teacher in school, I, uh, I'm going to talk about that and my students and how, how we work. Mm, good idea. Um, the thing that is most wasteful, I, I would say that the buying of new clothes, it is a behavior that is well trained for very many people and you don't reflect on that behavior, you just keep on doing it. It gives you a kick in your brain that's very short, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you keep on doing it. And the subject of sustainability is including in my uh, students' education. Okay, um, so you, you talk about that. And I actually, I know that you talk about it because you showed me a little uh, video clip on, yeah. uh, or it's almost like educational episodes um, about uh, textile and, and sustainability mm. and, and Sweden in focus, right? And you showed that to the students, or was it not Sweden? Maybe it's. I don't really know what episode you were talking about. You know right the one now. where she, you know the I can't remember what it's called, but she was referring us to Holland, for example, or the Netherlands, and how we are not um, we are not taking care of the textiles as well ah. as the Netherlands do anymore. Yeah, for example, yeah, you mean. Uh, when we throw the things away, yeah. garbage. Mm. Yeah, exactly. With my um, eighth grade students, mm. we talk about the environment. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, one thing, because in Sweden we don't uh, take care of our garbage uh, from the textile industry very well, mm. and they do in Holland. Mm -hmm. They're good at it. Mm. Uh, we uh, just uh, throw it away and then they burn it up or we um, pass it away to a second-hand store mm. or something like that uh, but we don't take care of the stuff when we throw it away we just burn it up instead we could uh, reuse the fibers mm -hmm. in the clothes okay. much better mm. and they do that for example in Holland okay they do that very well. Mm. They have a system for it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that episode or that show. And it was one episode in that show. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Yeah. And uh, what I do with my 8th uh, grade students is that we work with recycling jeans. Mm -hmm. So they actually they they have jeans and they look at them and they make something else of it. 
they can choose what to make but we <clears throat> I have suggestions of different kinds of bags and stuff but they can use their own own imagination and uh, do whatever they want that's a really cool project because if you go to any second-hand shop there is just tons of jeans mm. uh, hanging around so mm. uh, that's a good raw material actually actually mm. for yeah. remake aren't we all looking for the perfect jeans do all the time all the time that's <laughs> rarely do we find it that's the question rarely yeah, yeah. i would say it's so, quite rare yeah <laughs> good question I, we yeah. don't go further with that yeah one, maybe. <laughs> let's, let's move on from that one yeah <laughs> Well, we're recycling jeans, and um, uh, as a background of making one pair of jeans, I show them how um, uh, the whole process of making a pair of jeans. I teach uh, the way we grow the cotton. Uh, it's not we that grow the cotton, because we don't do that in Sweden. Mm. Uh, it's uh, how the cotton is, grows in uh, warmer countries. And the way of producing jeans, and also how our shopping behaviors look like. And uh, we also talk about how the change of our attitude and behavior, we have to change that to make a change. Yeah, we get bombed of all the ads and commercial stuff. Bombarded. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we do get bombarded with yeah. stuff like that. And that is on the television, on the social media social media and I mean all the influences that uh, uh, have that as their job mm. to just uh, keep us buying stuff <laughs> yeah yeah that's a really good point and also I've noticed that they also talk a lot of about sustainability but I would like to come back to this topic later mm. uh, because I think you really need to be careful and critical about those words that they are using and yeah. what they actually mean. Yeah. Mm. But we can talk about that a little bit. Later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Did you, uh, Mom, did you have anything more you wanted to add to this question? Wasteful activities? No, I just try to open the eyes of my students and we talk about what attitude changes we need to do to have a better sustainability. Yeah. I mean, to summarize um, your point is that it is really important that we have that awareness around our shopping behaviors mm. and our, yeah, our behavior in terms of buying clothes mm. and um, become aware of what we are doing in, in regards to the, the whole sort of shopping and using, reusing, maybe not reusing any clothes and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really important point that yeah. you bring up. Yeah. Another uh, expression that I would like to pinpoint here is upcycle, which I think you are doing uh, in school. You take something that is not used anymore, a pair of jeans that mm -hmm. is not used for some reason, and then you can make something else about uh, of it. Uh, mm. which is upcycling where you can use this new product yeah. instead yeah yeah that's, and that's great uh, a really cool thing if you can do that with uh, 
something, a product that is already existing, if you can, then upcycle it. Mm. That is a really cool thing to do because often yeah. uh, it's easier to downcycle. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, that is cool. And something, just a question that comes into my head now is when we do upcycle something, there is going to be some fabric waste from that would there be anything that you could use that for potentially obviously it's going to depend on what the fabric is um, and how big pieces they are and stuff like that Uh, this is just a quick question but would there be anything that you can think of that you could maybe use those things for or how could you take care of those yeah yeah you can you can i think you can use uh, like the smallest piece of fabric to something quickly i have uh, like two uh, examples uh, one the first one is uh, with huge amounts of scraps mm. because there are yeah um, especially if you look at the textile industry in total yeah then maybe small pieces but could be used as um, like composites for furniture or maybe mm-hmm. uh, to make building materials and stuff like that out of it okay then you can have a fabric as a a base and then you can make different kinds of uh, shapes yeah shapes yeah you can use it as different building materials yeah like filling it yeah with like filling yeah for filling basically exactly yeah okay and uh, just more on a private or, or personal mm. level for with scraps yeah uh, you could use like the tiniest almost piece of material for mending your mm. own clothes yeah. if you have a hole between the legs which is really common mm-hmm. you could use <laughs> uh, those scraps uh, of jeans as an example yeah. to uh, fill that little mm. uh, te- tear that yeah. The, yeah, the tear that's happening yeah. in the trousers. Or, yeah, so the whole... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what those... Um, we call it lappa mm. in Swedish. <laughs> yeah. But I actually don't know what those um, squares are called that you put over the the tear or the hole yeah. in the pants But mm. actually, in English. There are uh, those lappa, those little mm. pieces of fabric that you can buy, but that's so <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> yeah. if you have just... Yeah. yeah. If you just save a little bit of material. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Julia, do you have anything to add in terms of the wasteful activities that we tend to do in the textile and even handicraft industry? Well, yeah, I really <laughs> do. There are so many things that I could talk about uh, within this topic. Yeah. But I will try to keep keep it short. So there is just one thing that I would like to mention be- before I continue, and that's. Um, that sustainability it contains also of three different parts it's the social aspect and it's the economical aspect and then it's the ecological aspect and me uh, where i come from the textile industry uh, and a company mm. which to survive has to earn money yeah uh, all of those three are super important if you don't have the economic part, you can't continue to do the other sustainable parts. That's very true. 
Mm. So that was just one thing that I wanted to say. I think that's good to mention because it's all well and good to try and be as um, sustainable as you possibly can from a climate and nature point of view. But it will be difficult in the current way that we are living to not take the economic uh, economical uh, point of view into consideration as well. So I think that mm. is um, very valid. Yeah, but in this uh, particular podcast, we might focus mostly on the ecological point of view. Mm. Yeah. So back to the question yeah. that you were asking. <laughs> I have chosen to talk a little bit about one thing that I think is the main issue and it's um, like the same as mom actually did mm. uh, talk about and I will come back to my point uh, a little bit later. Yep. So if you... I just need some background <laughs> before. Go for it. Um, if you look at a textile product's life cycle, its biggest impact uh, on the environment is the production stage. So especially actually it's uh, the wet processes like washing dyeing and finishing fabrics that needs a lot of resources and this is in terms of water and chemicals so one of the things that i've uh, noticed it, is that uh, me as a producer have a lot of power actually i can help my suppliers to make choices that are uh, good or better for the environment. One thing that is has been popular uh, to talk about now um, for like fashion companies and stuff like that is different fibers. I would just like to mm. uh, d- no deploy <laughs> the balloon or how how does it? Uh, I don't know what to say in English like. <laughs> poke the balloon maybe poke a hole in the balloon exactly that yeah. is uh, what i want to do so there is actually more difference between suppliers of the same fiber type than uh, there is between different types of fibers uh-huh. concerning the environmental impact okay so you can't as an example say that Ah, it's better to choose linen before polyester because it depends on the production Mm -hmm. but it also depends on the end use Mm -hmm. if you want a garment that will last for a long 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 time then maybe it's better to choose a polyester fabric Mm. as an example Mm -hmm. it's very Mm. complex and another thing that is pretty common is that for companies to market is that ecological or biological uh, cotton is uh, environmentally friendly as an example but actually mm. uh, cotton is the fiber that uses the most amount of water mm. yeah i think this is an interesting point because you very often see uh, shops that are selling organic clothes and it's often that it says organic cotton and they're very sustainable and this and that but um, I've come to learn from you two that cotton actually it takes a lot of water compared to a lot of the other types of fibers to be produced which is an interesting thing because there is obviously a lot of different 
aspects of producing a type of fabric uh, with a specific fiber and water is one of them mm -hmm. and as I've understood it from you guys cotton is one of the worst ones when it comes to the cotton consumption uh, sorry the water consumption yeah so that is correct yeah yeah definitely and so we have reached peak cotton it's called it was mm -hmm. many years ago maybe 2009 or something like that what does that so mean we have reached the point where we can't produce any more cotton we we at are already at the peak okay uh, there is no more uh, land that would be sus uh, uh -huh. suitable for it okay and we have already started to produce on lands that are not suitable for it so really? there are lakes that mm. don't longer exist because we have taken mm. the water for the cotton mm. growing yeah Arrow and lake, for example which one Arrow lake mm -hmm. yeah exactly where is, where is that huge one was it <laughs> yeah it's um isn't it like Uzbekistan. Yes, it mm -hmm. is. And it's in two countries, I think. Yeah, and I think so. One too. of them is Uzbekistan. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That's a bit so, scary. Yeah, it's very scary actually. So actually, mm. we were, um, we have, if you see it like that, if if the growing of uh, cotton would be sustainable, we are already uh, way past that point mm. already, mm. and that was years ago. So interesting. Um, to be able to cope with that, uh, it's important to choose other kinds of fibers. Mm. So okay. I think that's maybe one of the uh, reasons that it has been such a big focus on different types of fibers, maybe because it, mm. we needed to go from cotton to something else. Mm. But I would like to come to my point, <laughs> which <Nice>. is <laughs> the most sustainable thing we can do is to use what we already have. I think most people today have stuff that would last a lifetime. And I do have some advice for everyone to take with them. Mm. If, uh... Yeah, I mean, we can... Um, let's go into the point of like how we can do better. We've already sort of touched on that. But I would like us to make a bit of a summary at the end. But if you uh, wouldn't mind maybe summarizing your point here, then we can move on a little bit and we can do a summary at the end as well. Sure. For me, this could take forever as well, because <laughs> I have so many advice. <laughs> so let's uh, let's try and keep it to the points you made about the, the different fibers and cotton, and just give us uh, one or two points on that that would be your advice of how we can do better. All right. I think one of the most important uh, advice that I have is what I would call, in one word, slow fashion. Hmm? But if I develop it, it's uh, try to figure out what your style is and then try to look at your wardrobe in many years from now. So what would you like to have or what 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 is your style? Because if you do know what your style is, you could pinpoint and um, choose uh, garments that you want um to have for a long time and then you automatically have to choose something with high quality and then this garment will be used many times instead of a few times and then you reduce the impact the environment uh, environmental impact 
a lot. Mm. I do have some uh, scientific uh, reports that I could, we maybe can link to. Yeah, we can link to that in the show notes because um, yeah. mm. I would really like to learn more about this myself. Yeah. Definitely. I have one as an example where you see very clearly that if you have a garment and you use it maybe 30 times uh, in its whole life cycle, it, it's so and so high amount of uh, environmental impact. Mm. And then if you would use the same garment 60 times instead, you have reduced the environmental impact with half. Mm. So wow. use it mm. double the amount of mm. times. Mm. and you will reduce the impact with uh, half. Mm. Mm. It would be interesting to know, I don't know if you guys know this maybe, but it would be very interesting to know if there is any studies or any sort of information about how many times a garment is normally used. I think there is. Really? I, I don't remember the exact amount, but I think it was like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It was like... Yeah. Eight or ten times in uh, average. Wow. Yeah. Actually, maybe they said something about that in the um, in the show that we in that uh, yeah in that little yeah. film as well. I can't remember what they said, but now that I'm talking about it, I feel like I remember they talking about yeah. it. I think there is um, some uh, information on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, according to that, you can also say that. It happens a lot of times. Uh, people go, I've done it myself. Mm. People go in the store and see a, a nice uh, piece of uh, garment mm. for a very cheap amount. Yeah. It's for sale and you just love the color. Mm. <laughs> and you buy it yep. very cheap and then you put it in your wardrobe and you never use it. Yeah. Mm. What a waste. That happens a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it it's really a big does. Waste. Yeah. Mom, do you want to add anything to this point on how we can do better at this stage? I know that we did summarize your point a little bit before, but if there is anything yeah, you want to add. Yeah, I have some, some, some points. Yeah, I have mm? some points. Go for it. But I also, if we have the time, I yep. also have uh, some um, something to say about the Julia said about figuring out your style mm -hmm. mm. and if Good I point. think of that I also think uh, in the field of colors yes because I'm uh, I like colors mm. and then you can figure out what colors are yours mm. yeah and then you can build up a wardrobe according to that mm. I, I I love colors I I, <laughs> I was I needed to <laughs> and that in. say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but this is also interesting because uh, I know that you have said that lately or yeah lately yeah. you wanted to or you, you felt like you needed to rearrange maybe your colors a mm. little bit yeah you're when you've lived for 50 years as I have done <laughs> <laughs> I mean you change you change your you you yeah. change uh, your colors. My hair is starting to get gray, for yeah. example. Yeah. And that might change uh, what colors you like to wear. Yeah. 
and you also change your style maybe your figure changes yeah. and then you might change uh, your um, fit your the... fit uh, in different styles of clothes yeah, yeah for sure yeah and you can do that in a way uh, sustainability yeah, way mm. um, yeah you can swap clothes yeah. with other people and yeah. That's something that I would like to talk more about. Yeah, well. let's uh, let's get to that point a bit <laughs> later with the the yeah. second hand stuff because that's one okay. aspect of this that I really really like and enjoy mm. myself. Yeah, well, I have some points of uh, what question. we can do better. Yeah, mm? go exactly. for it. And I I as I said before, I am focusing on my uh, work in school. Yeah. So. You can actually do better uh, by thinking of how you take care of your clothes. Yeah. So they last for a longer time. Good point. You can mend them, as yep. Julia said before, uh, of course. And you can all also wash them more gently. Mm-hmm. You can um, wash them more seldom. Yeah. Often you wash your clothes more than you need. Mm. If you only have a, a spot somewhere you can just focus on that spot you don't need to wash mm. the whole Small garment stain. Mm. yeah stain yeah mm. that's a good word yeah and then you can uh, also uh, you don't need as warm water maybe when you wash them and uh, you can also think of not tumble drying your clothes hang uh, them up instead you can uh, yeah hang so them up you can mm. hang them up to dry because it's easy to see how the tumble drying eats your clothes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or how to yeah, say like, it. Yeah, I mean, if they you wear. You, yeah, if you look, you you sometimes you have to empty the a container that. Mm. You that know, is actually fibers. That's fibers, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, yeah. You just throw them the fibers away. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. a piece of your. Yeah. Garments. Your garments <laughs> get thinner away. and thinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So that's an um, that's a tip. Another mm. thing that I well before I um, with like viscose garments as mm. an example that gets that they, they get very wrinkly after a while. Mm. And before I was like, Yeah, yeah, well, I will just wash it and then it gets uh, better when I've hang dry it. But now I realize that if you spray it with water and then you let it hang, mm-hmm. it gets like free of wrinkles. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. That is <laughs> yeah, cool. It is. That is very cool. <laughs> very that is much better. Yeah. <laughs> very good. You can also swap clothes with other people, yep. as I said before. And you can buy second hand. Yep. And you can remake of already existing fabric or clothes. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah some some of here. the points. Mm. Yeah. Actually, if you like uh, creating your own clothes or yeah, both with sewing or like crocheting and stuff, mm. you can find so much secondhand uh, like yarns, fabrics, threads, yeah. uh, buttons. Yeah. You can find mostly anything you would like to have mm. but actually it's also important there to uh, check the quality first because if like the thread would just break mm. uh, very quickly 
it might be more sustainable to buy a new thread actually yeah, yeah that's a good point as well i think that some people might um question this thing of um doing um your end of trying to be sustainable on a private level because of how uh, big of an impact the bigger companies have in all of this and like you mentioned before julia it's the it's often the whole sort of process of making the fabrics and, and that sort of thing, which uh, we might not necessarily as a private person have too much to say on, apart from obviously um, maybe talking to the company and then buying from the companies that you su want to support more exactly. and all that. Mm -hmm. But I think personally, I feel like there is this responsibility that I would like to take on my own small very very small level of trying to be sustainable and you know promote health of the planet as well as myself and and all that sort of thing and I guess what I'm trying to get to is that I would really like to see a movement of people actually taking more responsibility for the small things, even though you might think, oh, it's not going to do much. Mm -hmm. But I think that, I truly think that we need to come together as uh, humans, uh, all together, for trying to make a change. And mm -hmm. so I think it really needs to start with you, even though you're not part of a big company. I think that it's still going to make a difference long term. So I guess the next question that I want to dig deeper into is, what are some things that you do yourself to be more sustainable in this aspect uh, of life? I mean, textile, maybe shoe and bag making and, you know, handicrafty things. Um, let's keep this one a little bit shorter because we've dug deeper into some other points. So um, maybe, Julia, if you want to start by just giving us some examples of what you do in your life for being okay. more sustainable. I would very much just like to... Uh, comment uh, the the your uh, on the philosophy of yeah, the exactly. taking responsibility and because and i think I, I would like to mention one uh, movement that is already existing yep uh, private persons that are uh, trying to make a difference and i think in a very creative way with their wardrobes it's called fact movement and it's actually really cool I've never heard of that fact movement. Yeah, it's uh, an initiative that started in at the Swedish School of Textiles in Brås, where mm -hmm. I also studied. Mm. It started out with some kind of experiment, I think. Uh, a few people that are very uh, interested in fashion, but also sustainability. And uh, they. it started out like a challenge that they would not buy anything new for six months or even a year i don't mm. remember uh, and they pinpointed different things that they could do to keep a high level of fashion but not buy anything new so yeah well they uh, like the first task that they had to do was to go to their own wardrobe and make some kind of inventory mm. and they could find treasures in their own wardrobes yeah mm. i think that's a really cool project that you could look at also if you want to you know take this it's a little, little sm step 
to do a difference yourself but if we are many people that are doing it mm. it will be become a huge step for the environment i think mm. so as well and i think it just changes the way that you feel and the by changing attitude towards it and take some more responsibility and being keen to learn new things around this and trying to make a difference then I think it really changes the way that you feel inside mm. and that is going to be an, a very important part of this as well. Mm. So definitely. Yeah, mm. I agree. Okay, mm. so back to your question. <laughs> yeah, what are some things that you do to be more sustainable yeah. uh, for yourself? So one thing that I have done which is uh, pretty concrete. Can I say that in English? Concrete? Um I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I've been doing for one and a half year is Project 333, which is uh, where you have you choose uh, 33 things like garments and accessories and shoes and bags and stuff, and you have those 33 things for three months. Mm. So then, if you divide it into the whole year, uh, it's uh, for different seasons, you could say. At least in Sweden, we have. Four different seasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, a product. I actually don't remember the name of uh, this woman that uh, created this idea mm. or came up with it. But you could probably search <laughs> yeah, 333. Yeah, we can link it. And, uh, or, yeah. yeah, we could yeah. link it as well, actually. That's yeah. a good idea. It's an interesting project. Actually, it started out with... You, I think many people can uh, recognize themselves uh, in this thought that... Have you ever felt like your wardrobe is so full you can't fit with one more garment, but still you have nothing to wear? <laughs> <laughs> like yep. when you, yeah. in the morning, when yeah. you're going to work, yep. you're like, it's totally full with yeah. stuff, yeah. but then you can't find anything to wear. Yeah, It's strange. So yep. that was the feeling that I had, and I was so tired of it because I thought it took too much time uh, to mm. try to search in this wildness yeah. of a uh, garment <laughs> yeah. or a wardrobe that I had. <laughs> Fabric uh, jungle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, it started out like that for me. Now I've been doing it for uh, one and a half years. And now I've actually started to make my own rules a little bit again. Mm -hmm. But it took me one and a half years just to identify what the heck was in my <laughs> wardrobe yeah. and what I really liked yeah. and what I'm willing to um, give away or yeah. sell or, mm. yeah. I mean, I'm super happy that you started this project because <laughs> it's meant that I've gotten a new wardrobe as well. <laughs> so I'm basically wearing your old clothes. <laughs> So it's um it's yeah. a perfect win-win uh, situation for us too. <laughs> yeah, I have to say thank you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it has been a lot of fun actually, and it was yeah. very challenging in the beginning. And like in the winter time, when you only have thirty-three things to wear, but mm. you you need to think a lot because that's uh, mm. your gloves. That's one mm. thing, and then you have your hat, your 
Your bra, your underwear, your socks. No, I don't count uh-huh. your underwear because okay. yeah, maybe that would be disgusting. Another, <laughs> if you can like, okay, I will only have two underwear. <laughs> that would be uh, very not... tricky. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So <laughs> they they don't count. <laughs> Understandably. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. you want to add? You're all good there. At the moment, maybe I will... Uh... We'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah. What about mom? What are some things you do for yourself to be more sustainable? Yeah. This year, I actually decided not to buy any clothes or shoes. Nice. So, that's very interesting. And I failed in February. <laughs> <laughs> because I bought some, but it was secondhand. Mm-hmm. Ah. Good. Yeah, that's good. It's okay. Yeah. So, but I it's really opened my eyes and I got the feeling that Julia said that you actually have some treasures mm. in your wardrobe. Yeah. But I couldn't really see them before. Yeah. And uh, I am a kind of do you say that in English a squirrel? <laughs> I collect things and I don't give them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've changed that for a bit. So I actually can give some away. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's I have to work on that a bit more. Mm. But I'm a little bit better on giving things away and you I mean come to a conclusion that you don't uh, want um, wear the, this anymore. Mm. You can give it to someone else. Or you but sometimes it's good to have some help with that. Yeah. You know, have True. a little, uh, mm. get together and yeah. make make it as a fun thing to do instead. Mm. Actually, mm. Julia helped me to, uh, <laughs> to go through my wardrobe. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I've I have a system, not the one that Julia had, but uh, a system that I have. Summer clothes and spring clothes uh, in wardrobe at mm-hmm. the season, mm. and uh, then I change in autumn. I change it to autumn and winter clothes. Mm. So I have two different wardrobes, yeah, in and out in my wardrobe. Yeah, that's and, kind um, of uh, the thing that I have started to do as well now. Yeah. To have only two seasons instead of four. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, mm. yeah, that makes it uh, a little bit more easy, I think. Mm. at least uh, it makes it easier to see what you actually have Mm. and that you what you have that are suitable for this season that you can actually wear you don't have to go over your summer dresses in winter because you won't be able to wear them anyway yeah yeah and and then I also uh, if we go away from the textile thing Mm. I also grow some vegetables and flowers in my garden yep and berries and fruits and stuff. Mm. And I like it very much. Uh, I like to uh, make even more of that. I uh, actually grow the mo- only grow it in the summertime, spring summertime. Mm. And but you can grow a bit uh, into uh, the autumn and even winter time. Yeah. I haven't done that before, and I I like to do that actually. That would be interesting. Yeah, interesting project. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have um, also um, a thing about plastic bags. I don't <laughs> like them. 
mm-hmm. and I don't <laughs> like plastic, but I, I mean, we have plastic in our home, of course, but uh, I don't believe in throwing all plastic away mm. and, and uh, buy other stuff to uh, have instead. I mean, I have a plastic thing. I can, I can use it till it breaks. I think. Yeah. I think and that's actu- the most sustainable. Yeah, and actually, it if it already has been produced, it's yeah, of course. And actually, mm. plastic is a really good material for yeah. when it's used in the right way. Yeah. It's uh, very durable yeah. and it's lightweighted, yeah. and you can make it in all different kinds of shapes mm. so it has also its pros uh, yeah mm. but if it's used in the right way yeah yeah that's an interesting thing i try to reduce plastic bags mm. to use when i bake breads and mm. put them in these and in the freezer and mm. yeah it's good. kind of such things okay Well, I would like to dig deeper into things that you would potentially in the future like to learn uh, or do in the future that would improve your private way of being more sustainable with textiles. And I guess together with this question, what trends would you like to see happening in the future that would be better for the health of the earth Mm. and yourself? Um, Julia, maybe you can start. Yeah, I would like to start with the trends because uh, Mm? the other uh, topic that you had is more uplifting and I would like to end with that. Okay. (laughs) So the trend I would like to see is companies taking real real responsibility and also doing so without bullshitting. I think that companies are at the moment trying maybe not so much uh, as their goal but they are doing it so anyway when they are marketing they are trying to greenwash or mm. they are greenwashing mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's a very hard uh, harsh word but what does that mean it's uh, where you play with brainwashing mm-hmm. but <laughs> greenwash <laughs> so it's a okay um, word Play, mm. yeah it's it? a word yeah wordplay you can say mm. so it's um uh it's like you're referring to being brainwashed in the green space exactly. so to speak yeah. okay gotcha in the sustainability field mm. um yeah so i think uh, we as customers really need to be critical at the moment when co- companies uh, market their products as sustainable or green or uh, when they talk about like a low impact on the whole life cycle and stuff like that because many products don't even have a system of measuring the Mm. impact uh, during the use phase Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not even possible often to measure the whole life cycle of a product yeah, so gotcha. and and I think already now, because of the fact that these words exist, companies have started to use these words, but they are actually not correct many times. Mm. So I think uh, we can take responsible um, as customers and and be critical. Mm. But I would like to to uh, for the trend to be 
true, mm. like tr- true marketing in the future. Mm. I'm, like I'm more hoping. honest. Exactly, more honest. Traceability is also one word that is very so mm. uh, highly used now, and also circular actually. Mm. And circular is extremely hard to ic- achieve. And we are not there yet yeah. in the textile industry. We are nearly there. And maybe there is some small companies that have achieved this, perhaps. But, mm. yeah, It's an interesting thing because you sometimes hear that people, not people, but companies are talking about how they are very transparent mm. with the marketing and what they do and all mm. of that sort of thing. And... I think that some companies are really making an effort to uh, be that way. Mm. And I guess that is a trend uh, that I actually think would be uh, very useful. Like it comes with this, like we are very open with, uh, open and honest with that we are doing what we can and, you know, Mm. also then saying what they're actually doing and what type of impact that Mm. has on, you know, the nature and you know all of that sort of thing so uh transparency i think is um potentially a good word to use here as well definitely it's like the key to begin yeah. because if you're not transparent you ha- don't have a starting point yeah mm-hmm. or at least if you well maybe it starts a little bit earlier like you you don't need to be transparent right away for the customers maybe but at least uh, if you have all the data within the company uh, that's also some kind of transparency mm-hmm. and that's the starting point mm-hmm. you need to know where you start to be able to see if you do anything good mm-hmm. yeah because sometimes also that's a whole other top topic but sometimes you think that something is sustainable but if you would measure it maybe it would be the other way around actually true like those uh, one example is those pods to coffee Mm -hmm. like uh, for one cup you have one cup like uh, the nespresso exactly nespresso i think it's called yeah something like that and so for one cup of coffee um like it, it could be more sustainable to use the Nespresso pod mm. compared to always using your um, French press or so because many people leave a lot of waste coffee mm. and then it takes more uh, resources to grow the coffee than mm-hmm. to make that uh, aluminium pod. Uh, yeah. But is it as good? That is the question. <laughs> yeah. If you drink all your coffee, I think you're good to go with the French press. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to add here? Uh, I guess you've been on trends, so I would yeah. like to know things that you would like to do different in the future. Yeah. One thing that I dream of a little bit is to <laughs> develop zero waste patterns uh, both for sewing mm. but also for knitting ah that's very interesting that would be super interesting and uh, of course it would be a, a very small step like environmentally wise but it would be one step towards circular economy maybe not to have any waste in the developing or in the producing.
process. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's one thing. Because mm. in the textile industry, what what do you do with all the waste? Different yeah. materials, different colors, mm. and there's just a little bit of waste when you cut uh, the fabric uh, to produce a garment. Mm. Most companies just, uh, you know, throw it away for to burn. Mm. Mm. So that would be very interesting, I think, to develop. So is is do you know if there is anyone that has had that idea or is doing that type of thing at the moment? Yeah, I I've have never heard seen, of it. I have seen some initiatives. Mm. Um, I know at least uh, like there have been uh, studies or projects uh, on schools with mm. this theme. But I've also seen uh, one girl that uh, has made. Uh, three different kinds of garments I think mm. with zero waste okay and there are tons like if you think about it there are uh, endless amounts of models that you could make so mm. uh, sounds like a very exciting and quite innovative is that how is that innovative creative way of, of looking at um the whole sort of textile and making your own garments or even for companies to make different garments, obviously. I've been thinking about it. Mm, nice. <laughs> Very good. It yeah. definitely sounds like you have. <laughs> Shall we uh, pass it over to mum? Okay. So I'm ta- talking about trends and then learn. Sure. Yeah. Things you want to change in the future. Yeah. Yep. I have a focus in school, of course. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, trends. I like people to be more uh, buying more secondhand. I like that to be even more common than it is now. I mean, if young people do that, they stick out. There's not many young people that do that. Some do, but not so many. I like to see more of that. Mm. So I, I wish for more secondhand buying uh, in all ages, of course, and more of lending things. You can lend mm. things. You don't have to buy everything. You can lend. That's true. We haven't talked about it so much, but there are actually libraries with garments as well. Yeah. So you can have a subscription and lend really? garments. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you can, I think there are uh, web-based solutions for it, mm-hmm. but it, there are also, you know, in cities... Libraries, yeah, garment libraries. I mean, if you know that you're going on a, a big happening party mm. or something, mm. you might not need to to buy a dress. Exactly. You mm. can lend it. But that's what I, what I was thinking about when you said that there is um, libraries like that. Is that just for nicer clothes like big dresses and um, suits and tuxedos and stuff like that, or is that more? A normal type of clothes as well. Yeah, How yeah. does that work? It yeah, it is. There, I think there are for all varieties. Mm-hmm. No? Varieties. Varieties. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you can do it for your everyday clothes as well. Wow. And also that I know that True. there are some of these garment libraries that can lend your clothes, and then if you really like it, you can actually buy it. Buy it, it. okay. Ah, That's but... a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you can try it out first. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. if you end up lending it week after week after week, you can buy it. 
Yeah. That's even better than I thought. Actually, now I remember something else that is very interesting that exists nowadays. And that's, you know, you know, like influencers and stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. They want to have a new piece of garment, like, every day. Or actually, also, uh, artists. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, if they are on stage, they need to yeah. have something new. Mm. Yeah. You can understand it, but it's not sustainable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... Nowadays, you can also like buy digital clothes. So if you want to post something on Instagram, <laughs> you can just buy a digital piece of garment. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's really cool. That is sustainable. Then it's not even produced. <laughs> oh wow! I've never heard of it. No, me neither. I don't oh. remember. Maybe it was Puma. Or something like that. Cool. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also think that we might not own things for ourselves always. You can own things together with other people. As, for example, you can, in your neighborhood, you can buy a low Mon lower. Mon lower. Lawnmower. 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 That's a so hard word. It's such a difficult word. Yeah. Lawnmower. Lawnmower. <laughs> Together. And then you That's can... That's true. Yeah. Or you can... Uh, other things uh, you need to cut your hedge mm. and stuff, you know. Mm. You can own things together. Mm. Yeah. That's a very clever one, actually. Drilling machine. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. But those actually, tools. in town, ta- I live in Gothenburg, so there are libraries for this as well. Wow, yeah, that's good. For tools. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's really awesome. <laughs> mm. Um and um, yeah, that was trends mm? and uh, learning. Well, if I focus on school here as well, mm. I have to deal with the time limit yeah we only have a certain amount of time uh, in school but i like to um i I said before that we talk about uh, textile producing stuff and such things with my eighth grades Mm. i like to um, expand it to do uh, a little with my ninth grades as well we do it a little but i i like to um, do it another way mm-hmm. do it better i think it's so much to talk about and so much mm. to teach yeah you want to show them and you uh, you mean but you only have 80 minutes a week yeah that's the time we have and we have a lot of things we have to go through that we measure and um, put grades on so we yeah. we we have to think of the prioritize most. yeah exactly mm. But uh, the thing that Julia mentioned before, that you can't say that a certain fiber is better than another fiber, that's important. It, it's about the whole process. Mm-hmm. How do you produce it of that fiber? And what's the process of that fiber? Yeah. And I have focused on teaching the students. I teach from the third grade up to the ninth grade. Mm. And I... I start in the third grade, I start to talk about cotton and I talk about wool Mm. uh, in a simple way. Mm -hmm. 
and then I um, continue talk about uh, oil, what plastic we get from the oil and so on. So uh, I think uh, I would like to do with the knife grade point of the process. Now I got an other idea of trends that I would like to see, and that's uh, knowledge to for the average person just to be more uh, aware. That would be so nice <laughs> mm-hmm. to have more knowledge. I think many, many people see garments as something that's almost automatically produced. Mm. But actually, from the beginning till the end, there has been so many people's, yeah. different people's hands touching mm. this particular garment. Yeah. It's a handicraft, even though it's like fast fashion. Yeah. You, they, the garments are mm. made by hand. Mm. And also the fibers are grown by hand mm. and so so mm. um, yeah this is an interesting point I think because it comes with a few issues because there is so much in life in general that are pulling our attention right yeah there's so much stimulus to our brain and body on a daily basis mm. and so I guess the question that pops up and we probably shouldn't uh, go off talking too much about it but I guess the question that really comes up for me is like how does a person get interested in learning about these things or like this particular thing when it comes to handicraft looking after your clothes maybe uh, potentially start learning how to sew and mend certain things yourself maybe sew if you want to do that maybe knitting crocheting all of these things that goes into how we can be sustainable for the textile industry. How do one go about making someone interested in that instead of being interested in how to learn how to fix your car, how to change mm-hmm. uh, parts on your car, you know, mm. for example, or, you know, it could be anything. Mm. Or just stealing their attention from looking at cute cat videos. Yeah, I mean, I guess those are valid. (laughs) I mean, it's a tricky question, right? And we might not be able to dig too deep into that today and and actually being able to answer that question. But it is something, a bit of a process that I've gone through myself, especially when I've been, um, I don't want to say stuck, because it's been sort of a a retreat almost, living with my parents the last... uh, (laughs) five months now yeah Yeah. and um and one thing that I felt like I've gone through is this process of actually getting more interested again in learning things that are going to be useful skills for me later on in life right now um and there's been some kind of shift happening for me where I used to live in Sydney and it was a lot of like city life and we used to go to work and come home and there was maybe not so much, um, I don't know how to put this, but like there wasn't too much time to maybe learn skills and plant herbs in the little backyard that we had. And I didn't really take the time as well as it was a different type of life that I was living, mm. but living back here where we have fairly big kitchen we have a big uh, garden outside mom is uh, growing her own vegetables it's really made me it's probably put me in a state of mind and environment where i've been more interested in learning these things again Mm. 
And so there's been a mental shift for me happening the last five months in terms of wanting to learn these different skills. But I can also recognize that I wasn't so interested in certain aspects of what we've spoken about today so much, you know, a previous year or two. Mm. So it's an interesting thing. Mm. Mm. It really is. I think we might leave that question. Um, We can always jump on another podcast and (laughs) and talk about it. But I think... um, Uh, We've covered a lot of ground today, but I actually want to finish off talking about, partly I want to summarize a few points, but one thing that we haven't spoken too much about, which I said in the beginning that we would get back to is secondhand. Mm. And so personally, I really enjoy going to secondhand shops. There is one in Gothenburg in particular that is called, what is it called? Uh, Beyond Retro. Yeah, Beyond Retro. And it is the (laughs) coolest shop of second-hand garments. And I love going there. And I would like to get your thoughts on the whole sort of second-hand movement, going to a shop to buy second-hand. Is that all great or does it come with some problems? What are your thoughts around um, second-hand stuff, Julia? Beyond Retro is also, I think it's from uh, the UK from the mm-hmm. start. So they also have a web shop, and yeah, I've been to uh, those shops in London as well. Uh-huh. And it's really cool. Oh, wow. I think there is in Stockholm, yeah, different places. Okay, so yeah. It's a chain. yeah, but actually, that's a, a good example. They buy a tremendous amount mm. of garments mm-hmm. where I don't remember. I saw a TV show about this, mm-hmm. but it's in other countries. It's not in the UK mm-hmm. where these clothes end up, and then you know they take out the nicest uh, mm-hmm. garments with mm-hmm. maybe a brand or a certain type of style, and mm-hmm. then uh, it's transported back to. Mm-hmm these countries where they can sell it so mm-hmm. one like negative a- aspect is of course the logistics about the whole secondhand mm. uh, industry mm. but it's not so well yeah well may- maybe hard to say maybe uh, how yeah. big of an impact that is but yeah i can i can definitely imagine that having to transport things from one country to another is going to have an impact on the environment especially if it's flown over for example mm. and you know yeah, yeah. that sort of thing so mm. and mm. actually also it's uh, you don't really think about it but it's also the transportation of our like the the, the single private person uh, if you take the car to a secondhand shop it's mm. a much bigger impact <clears throat> than uh, taking the train or mm. the bikers just walking that's true too yeah, and it it gets uh, a big impact if uh, everyone would take their own car mm. to the mm. secondhand shop. But I yeah no I think it's uh, a marvelous <laughs> nice uh, thing uh, with secondhand shops. Uh, yeah, I think it it's really cool that a piece of garment can have a second chance mm, or yeah. even a third or fourth. Yeah, chance. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> cool. You can find some very nice stuff. Yeah, it's very inspiring. I think to go mm. to secondhand. Mm. And uh, another aspect of secondhand is if you're a squirrel like me, <laughs> saving things. I think you uh, call these people hoarders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
not squirrels. <laughs> squirrels Maybe cute. a mild uh, <clears throat> condition of quartering. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I save often save uh, old clothes because of the fabric. Uh, I might need don't use them anymore, but I save them because the fabric is nice and the color is nice, you know, and you can make something else of it. Mm. Or one day you go there and and check your things and you oh I can use that. You mm. change your mind. But uh, the thing I was going to say is that I saved old T-shirts and stuff, and now I've become a grandma. Mm. And it's a perfect fabric to make new clothes, baby baby clothes of. Mm. Mm. It is. Because there are no chemicals in the fabric. Mm. Left. Left, because, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's washed okay. so many times. Mm. So it's the best thing. Mm. Yeah. About that, you also actually need to be careful with some particular garments that are... Uh, in secondhand shops. As an example, mm. Mm. old rain uh, coats okay. made out of PVC, mm. that mm. type of plastic, before they used softeners that are harmful for the health, human yeah. health. Mm. And um, yeah, they uh, go out of the PVC, makes it stiffer, mm. but also it can be yeah, dangerous for our health. So yeah. mm. you, it's not so good to buy everything secondhand, no. unfortunately. Mm. And you need some yeah. knowledge to know mm. what is good and what mm. is bad. But that, yeah. uh, you know, a t-shirt is just super good. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah it's um, my and Julia's brother. He uh, recently had a baby and um, mm. when he was uh, christened, I believe it's called. Mm. Mom made this beautiful backpack and yeah. she used a fabric for the inside that my yeah <laughs> that she also uh, she had left over from making a jacket for myself <laughs> when I was younger and for my brother when yeah. he was younger. For mm. Julia enough for you Julia as well, right? No, she she got the two later oh yeah she, 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 that's fine that's that's excellent yeah um but it was it brought up a lot of memories to see that fabric <laughs> and it was it felt very very cool because you must have bought that close to 30 years ago yeah um and because i'm turning how old am i 32 <laughs> yeah 32 this year <laughs> and um I must have worn that when I was maybe five or around that time. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Yeah. So it's um. Four or five. Yeah, I mean you, it's quite incredible that you've saved it for twenty-five years or thirty years since you bought it well, because there was some left over. It's your mom in a nutshell. <laughs> but this is a really good point, I think, because if uh, you have the space, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, because I'm very interested in slow fashion, as mm. an example. And that's to be able to, for a garment to be considered to be slow fashion, it needs to be great quality mm. to mm. be able to exist for a long time mm. and be worn and mm. torn. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe also a bit of, um, how you say, not go out of style. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
so the model and the the color and the yeah that's yeah, very important print or, yeah but whatever. actually also this thing that you were just talking about the emotional value yeah if it's high it's must much higher chance that it will survive for a long time as well mm. yeah. so if you like it yeah. a long time mm. it also survives mm. you take care of it too yeah yeah exactly you take care of it as well exactly so uh, it's really cool that this fabric is now the next in the next generation. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, you get uh, by that um, emotional contact to the, mm. that that uh, product that you yeah. have made. Yeah. Mm. I think I'm. I must also say that I'm very impressed by Mom and yeah. how she managed to upcycle. Yeah so many things mm. it's very impressive i think because oh, wow. i think it's very hard to do that thank mm. you <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think so as well it's very impressive i used to be quite into sewing when i was a teenager and then i haven't had a sewing machine for many years and it's really amazing to be back here and just mm -hmm see what you can do with a sewing machine and thread mm -hmm. and fabric yeah. and um, yeah it's makes it exciting to mm. to do stuff like this and we tend to joke with mom and dad that they <laughs> save a lot of things they have a lot of things and all that yeah. but the funny thing is that they use it yeah. they use mm. the things like the, it doesn't go to waste necessarily so it becomes this useful saving of things that they are using or just things that they are having at home or like possess possessions mm. that they still use and um, get a lot of enjoyment out of mm. which is a really cool thing mm. so one last advice that I forgot to talk about before is mm? to like redesign old things mm. that you're like tired of or something mm. maybe a t-shirt has a print that you don't really stand for anymore or something mm. then you could use a small piece of fabric and just put a pocket uh, mm. over it mm. or maybe you could uh, do an embroidery which makes it uh, nice again yeah. mm. or something like that exactly and then it's uh, like a new garment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is very cool. Let's um on that note, let's summarize a few practical points that we as well as our listeners can take away and change already today or um yeah, things that they can do. So I guess the first point could be that you can I almost sort of want to bunch up these things together where we are talking about making your own clothes, um upcycling as we were talking about uh, remaking different codes at home. I guess mending your own codes mm -hmm. could be put into this category as well. Do you, mm -hmm. do yeah. you think so? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that is the one point. So mm. uh, point number one. What could a point number two be? I have one point. So there are many steps that you can uh, think about before you have to buy something new yeah so the behavior side of things yeah like mending or lending yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buying secondhand or even uh, see if uh, your parents have something similar that you could have instead uh, but if if the last uh, option option is to buy something new mm. i would recommend to carefully plan 
and have a look at what you actually need. Mm. This is also connected to slow fashion. Like, mm. yeah. If you really plan what you mm. need to buy, then uh, it's also a bigger chance that it will last long. Yeah. Take a step back. Mm. You you feel like you, I like to buy that. Take a step back. Think it through. Mm. Do I need it? As I said, I don't buy anything this year. Mm. Uh, so I don't used to go to shops. But sometimes I end in a shop anyway. <laughs> because of different things. And I did last week end in a shop. And I saw a very nice pair of clogs. Mm. Red ones. And I backed off. Mm-hmm. Thought it through. <laughs> Took a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> and I figured out that I already got seven pair of clogs. <laughs> And I have already one in the same color. <laughs> so I don't need them. Actually, you made those yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I made uh, two pair of clogs for myself. And yeah. one of them were red. Yeah, one of them were red. Yeah. <laughs> That's so it was cool. unnecessary to buy these yeah. new pairs. Mm. It's just a new trendy pair of clogs. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> Actually, when I did Project 333, it was uh, crucial to think like that mm. because you you can't have two garments that have the exact same purpose you don't just don't exactly. have you, you you can only have 33 things so you can't have mm. no like two pairs of exactly. trousers that mm. are too similar to mm. each other that's interesting so mm. that was a thing that i took with me also when i went Ended up in mm. shops, <laughs> as it's, you may do sometimes. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I like yellow. Mm. I like many colors, but yellow sticks out for me. Mm. And often, when I look at uh, yarn, fabric, or I look at clothes in the store, if there is something yellow, I go to that place <laughs> and look at it. Yeah. And then I stand in front of a yellow cardigan... <laughs> And I think, what shall I use this for? What shall I use this for? And if I take a step back, I just remember that I all already have the yellow cardigan at home. <laughs> so yeah. comes back to you that mean, behavior. I don't think that I'm unique. No. I think that many people do the same, and you mm. buy another yellow cardigan yeah. to take home. Yeah. It's really a behavior thing. You yeah. just need to Yeah, you you mm. need to think it through. Yeah. Mm. I guess maybe a third point could be to do a little bit of research or if there is any particular area of the textile industry or the buying of um it could even be shoes and bags and accessories and things like that that you are interested in then maybe point three could be to actually read some articles on it or you know buy a book or lend a book that you can learn a bit more Mm. about these things Mm. and we will also link to that uh, the research review yeah Mm. by mr future fashion yeah yeah we will definitely link to that one as well so there is a start maybe (laughs) yeah absolutely all right i think we have uh covered a like great many things today and uh is there anything that you want to add or maybe reiterate before we wrap up this podcast i feel like 
all of these topics that we have talked about could have their own program, actually, yeah. their own episode. Yeah. I think so too. Maybe yeah. uh, you should start your own podcast and talk about this. <laughs> Maybe that would be fun. Well, we've said a lot, but there's so much to say. And I, I mm. a thing that um, think of is um, we produce our things in other countries, not in Sweden. Mm. Some of it, but very, very much yeah. in other countries. And what responsibility do we have for that? Mm. That's yeah. a big question, I think. That's the social aspect uh, of it. Actually, now this spring, uh, many people who work in textile factories have mm. lost their jobs. Mm. And they need their jobs just to survive for mm. the day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there is a lot to talk about there as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. The social aspects of it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a very important point to bring up as well. We won't have time to dig deeper into that point specifically today, but maybe in a future podcast, if uh, you listeners have enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more from us. I know that both my sister and my mom have a wealth of knowledge in this sort of topic on textile. So thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. And thanks so much for listening. Do let us know if you have any questions or any feedback via the email in the show notes. Take care, everyone. I'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you very much.